Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. I'm Ken Rudolph. Welcome to Believe in Horse Racing with Ken Rudolph, right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We are coming to you from Los Angeles, California. We are supposed to be getting ready for the 146th running of the Kentucky Derby. But that has been postponed due to the ramifications of the COVID-19 pandemic. So now it will be run on September 5th. We're going to start with our first episode. And our first guest will be, well, the number one trainer when it comes to the Kentucky Derby. Hall of Fame trainer, five-time Kentucky Derby winner, two-time Triple Crown winning trainer, Bob Bafford, and his wife, Jill Bafford, co-owner and co-breeder of Multiple greatest stakes winner, grade one winner, winner of the big cap, misremembered. We'll talk about that coming up here soon. But first, let's deal with this. Hey, it's our first time together. Hi. Hi, friends. I'm Ken Rudolph. You know me, hopefully. The beautiful network TVG that I still work for to this day. They brought me in, taught me this game, and I was like, yeah, uh, this is kind of awesome. We should all share this a lot more. And that's what I've been doing the entire time. And I really believe it is one of the most honest pursuits, as far as the player is concerned, that you'll ever come across. There are plenty of things that need to be fixed within the industry. Yes, we know this. I'd like to believe that they are working on that as we speak. But as far as the players are concerned, they're still running races, and it's so much fun to try to figure out that puzzle. It's the only test where they give you the answers in advance. So today we're going to start with Bob Baffert and Jill Baffert. At the end of this, we're going to talk about the big races coming up this weekend, specifically the two divisions of the Arkansas Derby. Normally, we'd be running the Kentucky Derby right now, but we're talking about the Arkansas Derby, and that's fantastic. It's a great two divisions. One, not so competitive. The other, pretty wide open. We're going to talk about that. We'll give you long shots to talk about and to play in Long Shots Lounge with a special dedication coming up at the end of the show. So here we go. Let's get it popping. Let's get this money together. Let's go call Bob and Jill Baffert. This is happening. I'm uh, kind of nervous right now. And our guests are the incredible Jill and Bob Baffert. Welcome. Hello to both of you. Hi, thanks for having us. Ken, I'm right here and thanks for uh, for asking me to do this. I'm, I'm honored. Two of the most gracious individuals are Bob and Jill. And so I've always wanted to talk to you guys about everything with horse racing. We're gonna kind of start with what's happening. I guess we can start with right now. You're not supposed to be just sitting around your house talking to me right now. You're supposed to be knee deep in Derby, like knee deep. We can't have a Derby without Big Day Bob to kind of focus in on. But we're not having that anytime soon, not until September. How are you guys dealing with this unprecedented uh, upheaval, this change in our industry as far as getting your horses ready for the biggest day of the year? Well, I think the the, the hardest part was um, when all this was happening, Kenny, I thought, man, how are they going to run races without the crowds and it was coming down? I just can't imagine a Kentucky Derby without – 100,000, 150,000 screaming, partying fans. 
And I just sort of, I think the hardest part was to, I was a little bit in denial thinking if they cancel it, uh, this is going to be horrible because I've got three really top, top derby contenders this year. And, uh, but uh, when they postponed it, I was like, well, that's good. <laughs> it's not completely canceled. At least <laughs> we have a chance, you know, it's, it might be later, but, um, but uh, the only positive thing there is uh, for like Jill is that every year when we go to the Derby, if we have a really good, you know, chance of winning, you know, she's got to get the right kind of outfit. But during in May, you have to get a cold outfit or a hot outfit, depending on the weather. So at least we know if she just needs one for uh, warm weather. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, because that's all you're worried about, Jill. That's all you're well, worried You don't have to worry about horses I'm, and taking care of the family and keeping Big Day Bob squared away and keeping yourself squared away. I know. I got to worry about my derby outfit. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. But I, Candy, I, um, Candy, I got, I'm going to tell you a funny story about Jill. We have I, the one year of 2015, American Feral. I've got Dortmund, American Feral. And that's the whole deal. We're coming up. Dortmund just won the San Anita Derby. And, uh, American Fair won the Rebel. So I asked Jill right after, uh, you know, a few days afterwards, I go, Jill, when are you going to go to the West Side, Beverly Hills? And, you know, I usually go with her and we'll look at stuff. And, you know, she lets me get involved. Like, what do you think? Ah, it looks great or it looks awesome or whatever. And and so so I told her, when when are we going to go over there? She says, you know what? I, I'm not I'm not I'm not feeling it yet. Well, how about Dortmund? He says, well, I'm just not feeling it yet, you know? And so, I don't know, I just might wear something uh, that I wore before. And when American Pharaoh ran a week later, and we turned for home, and she watches the race in another room because she's, she likes to be by herself there. She gets nervous. And I'm watching with friends. And when he crossed the wire, she walked into the living room and she says, now that's a derby horse. We're going to Beverly Hills tomorrow. You know, so. <laughs> you got to feel it, right? You got to feel it. It's a derby dress kind of horse. Is, uh, you did not win a Kentucky Derby from 2003 until 2015. It would have been, two, yeah, 2002 was his Was last War Emblem. Before, yeah. That's a long stretch for someone who is considered the absolute Pinnacle. But you say, like you say that it is a long stretch, but then you think some trainers never even go to the Derby. <laughs> so I think there, there's a different bar and that's great. Cause you know, he aspires to that, but you think, well, you didn't win a Derby for 12 years. Well, <laughs> but, um, it know, is a, it's, it's a once in a lifetime pursuit, but for Bob, you turned it yeah. into a, a, an annual event. What was that like for you personally and in the household for those 12 years? Where not only did you not win, I'm not sure if you you legitimately had horses that you thought were going to, or that anyone thought they were going to. Did you? Well, I had a heart attack in between, so that that took a little pressure off. And then there was Pioneer of the Nile. I mean, he he could have won, and looking at Lucky, probably. So there were horses in there, and you did have some success, maybe in the Preakness um, with Lucky. You know, there were some horses in between that, you know, just for whatever reason didn't win the derby so it wasn't like but there were definitely years where you didn't really have a contender that you would say i, I suppose 
How does it feel to be the person with that target on your back, so to speak? In, in big stakes races, maiden races, even in the derby, you are the target. Everyone's trying to beat you. You are the post-time favorite more often than not. Do you like that? I don't like being 40 or 50 to one. Uh, that <laughs> means that it's, um, I don't have a chance. There's, there's nothing worse than leading a horse up there. We're down deep. You feel like, you know what? He's just not really good enough or whatever. When you lead a horse up there, like we've led up there, we've led up some really good ones that they got beat. Point given, probably the best one. Uh, I was so that's so overconfident. We were just way overconfident with that horse. And I had Congaree in the same race. And I thought one of them would win it. And so, and we left there. I'll never forget, we were, we were walking back to the barn area at the end of the day. And I was just really down and dejected. And, uh, and Jimmy Barnes was walking with us and, and Jill was trying to pick my spirits up. She said, don't worry, don't worry, Bob, you're going to have a chance at the Derby. I said, yeah, I probably will, but I'll never lead one up as good as this, this horse. Because I really thought he could have won the Triple Crown. But who would have thought I was going to even lead up two better ones, <laughs> you know, American Pharaoh and, Ju and Justify. So, you know, things happen for a reason. I've always thought of that, Ken, that things happen for a reason. I wasn't supposed to win it, the Triple Crown, those other prior times. And, and I think, um, you know, it was, just wasn't my time. The, the thing that I was thinking about here and like long shots, I don't have a lot of long shots to talk to you about that I can think of except for, you know, War Emblem. And the one that I really, really loved that shocked me was Richard's Kid. Very well bred, but, but when I put Mike on him in the Pacific Classic, I entered him the morning of the race. I had no intention of running the horse in there. I put him in. I couldn't find a jockey. The only guy that was open was Mike Smith. So we had Misremembered in there, which was owned by Jill. The race starts out, Misremembered's out there, just going along. It looks like all of a sudden, the quarter pole, Misremembered, is out of gas. I look for the other horse in the pink silks. I go, look at our other horse is coming. And here comes Richard's kid. And he, and he wins the race. Yep. And Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike made me get down. And we got to the winner's circle. Mike says, all right, get on your knees. I had to get on my knees. And I had to do the praise. I had to praise the Mike's <laughs> That's like the only long shot that I've ever hit with you, Bob, in my life. I, I think the most I've, I've ever had a horse pay was, I think I had a horse paid like $96 once. Whoa. It was at Santa Anita. It was some stake race, and I liked the horse. I really thought he would run well. And then when he won, I told Jill, I said, you know, I really like this horse. And she always gets mad at me. Why don't you tell me I would have just bet a little bit on him? <laughs> Jill's, Jill's got a lot of gamble in her, uh, Kenny. Are you comfortable being the guy that is kind of the, the introduct, introduction for new fans or people not familiar to come into the sport? And if you are that guy, what are you going to do to help those people stay in this sport and understand what it is that we do? I'm probably the most recognized face because, you know, when you're on television and with my, uh, with my white hair, you know, I sort of stick out a little bit, but, um, you know, being the guy can be, it can have its, you know, it can be, it can be okay, but it can always also be a big negative because, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I got people out there in the media that, you know, they like, they want to see somebody else come. And so, you know, they're constantly taking shots at you, you know, um, um, but you know, it can, you know, it can bring you too much attention. Now 
I used to love the attention like 10, 10 years ago, but now I'd rather, I'd rather just fly under the radar, which is impossible for me. Now the pressure you guys have is to keep, you have five horses that are on the full leaderboard for the Kentucky Derby, but you have three horses that are probably prominent on the list for a lot of folks right now, Authentic, Nadal, and Thousand Words. You know your horses better than we do. Um, so if there are other horses that we should be considering right now, obviously let me know. Well, it's it's Charlatan. There, I have oh, that's one. right. The other one. Mm. The other one. The other Baffert. There's always another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's always the other Baffert, right? <laughs> so there, I'm, I'm getting ready. I want to run Nadal and Charlatan. And Charlatan's only run twice. He broke his maiden, you know, looked very impressive. And, and Nadal, he's undefeated. And he just won the, the Rebel. So we're we're hoping that they split the race, but I was talking to the race secretary yesterday. He said, "Well, if if they don't split the race, Charlton cannot get in because he doesn't have enough earnings because he just won a maiden in the allowance race." And so, uh, so he says, "All these trainers are telling him don't split the race because we don't want to run against Charlton, <laughs> you know." But uh, it's funny how some of these horses, they just, people just jump on them right away, you know, and that, that's the beauty about the Derby. You know, they have the, you can bet on them early, the early, the futures and all that. Everybody's trying to, you know, first it was, you know, thousand words and now Nadal and, and Charlatan and I've got authentic. who's another good horse, you know? So if the Derby would have been this week, we were looking really good uh, for the Derby, you know, it was going to, but now we got to, you know, we have to just sort of, you know, take a step back and hopefully, you know, and there's no guarantee it's going to be in September. we got to see what's going on. But um, so we're right now, one step at a time, Arkansas Derby. Is there a horse that you think this horse might develop like justify, like quickly, immediately over time without much racing? Do you think you have somebody lurking in your stable that might be a superstar that we haven't seen? I, yet? I've got one that, um, He's gonna he's gonna be close to running. He was had a setback with him. Uh, his name is Suzanne. Um, Cezanne, yeah. Cezanne, see, I can never yeah. pronounce that. Some some like the famous, painter Cezanne, yeah. Some painter, some 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 painter. painter. <laughs> so um, so uh, it's that caviar and champagne crowd, you know. Yeah, there it is. It's coming <laughs> out. And, and he he was like a three point six million dollar purchase as a T-roll last year, and. Um, and he's the only one I have out there that still hasn't run that I think, could, you know, it's going to help horses like him. He might have a chance. He's, he, he just worked today, matter of fact. But I think he's going to be special. And so, Jill, it's spelled like the artist, C-E-Z-A-N-N-E? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Cezanne. So we'll look for that one later Cezanne. on down the road. I'll call him Cezanne. <laughs> <laughs> like in, in Arkansas, Nadal, they call him Nadell, when are you gonna run that Nadell back? That's easier to say that way. It's it easier is. to say that way. Makes more sense. Right, exactly. <laughs> I often wonder, uh, Bob, how come you trainers don't talk more trash? How come you guys don't trash talk each other before the race? You, uh, you gotta be in the quarter horse business for that. I mean, when I was a quarter horse trainer, we used to, you know, everybody would try to get in your mind, like, you better be tied on, you better be ready. You don't see that in the thoroughbred world. Um, I, I think a lot of times too is that you don't want to jinx yourself. You know, you 
you, you feel pretty good about it and you don't want to go in there. And, and when I went in, just like when the, the Triple Crown, when I went in there with American Pharaoh, I played it really low key. Like I knew, I knew that we just had to get away from the gate and he was just so superior to those horses. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to disrespect, you know, the other horses, trainers or jockeys and have them upset with me. Cause you know, when you go for the Belmont, they, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, they'll, they'll be gunning for you. And, and with Pharaoh, those other jockeys, they all respected Pharaoh. They knew they, they, they just were wanting to run second. They knew they couldn't beat him, you know? And so, but with justify, they all ganged up on him. It was like, it was, a, they were going to go after him, you know, and they did. And um, so just like with war emblem and those other races, you know, they, they don't want to, they the Triple Crown, they don't hand it to you. You have to earn it. Bob and Jill, we could do this for another four hours, and I would still have so many more questions and things I want to talk to you guys about. You guys have always been consistently gracious and professional with me, and I appreciate it, and I really, really am so glad that I'm able to embark on this new endeavor, and you guys are the maiden voyage. Thank you, thank well, you. Ken, the, the reason I, I have a lot of respect for you, too, because my mother... When she when she was still alive, you were her favorite on TVG, and she'd always said in her in her little Spanish accent, "Bobby, the Kenny Rudolph, he's the only guy that likes you that picks your horses. <laughs> <laughs> you be nice to him. You be nice to him." <laughs> <laughs> That's well, beautiful. we we think the world of you can and, and we're so honored that you you chose us to be your um to to break your maiden on your podcast and um you're just a, an outstanding person you're a wonderful father and just a, a real stand-up kind of guy so we feel the same way thank you guys i appreciate it uh hopefully i'll see you again soon we'll be able to actually so. get rid of this social distancing and i'll see you at the Absolutely. track Here we go. We wrap it up here with the final segment. This is Long Shots Lounge as we try to find the sure shot winner for you coming up in the weekend racing. This is our first episode. And uh, we wanted to have a friend of ours named Barry Spears on this first show as our first guest handicapper in Long Shots Lounge. Uh, Barry is very active and very, very, very nice. Um, Very accommodating, very friendly on social media. And he's found there at Urban Handicapper. So that's Urban as in U-R-B-N. And then Handicapper, H-A-N-D-I-C-A-P-P-E-R. And he's super cool when it talks to horse racing, when it comes to horse racing and sharing picks and supporting everyone. And he's kind of our relationship built um, on social media. And I'm like, that's how I want this show to be. Just cool people sharing our opinions and accepting each other and supporting each other and being cool because it's a hard enough endeavor as it is. You don't need everybody pulling you down. So I was like, yeah. Let's do this. Anyway, Barry was supposed to be the first guest. Barry's under the weather right now, so Barry couldn't uh, be our guest. So I decided I'm not going to replace him. I'll just take care of it myself. Barry, we'll see you next time around, brother. Get well soon, and we'll get you back in here in the mix and Long Shots Lounge, and we can do our thing. But the thing that Barry and I talked about is um, we don't like to spend a lot of money on our tickets. We want to keep our tickets extremely affordable. We don't like to spend a lot of money when trying to make a lot of money because 
Well, the whole purpose of this is to, is to be smarter than everyone else. But the one thing that we did disagree upon is that I had used the all button. It was where I've chosen every single horse in the field. I've used that in a, in a race, or not a race, but in a, in a wager. And uh, we, we got lucky. Like the, the longest, one of the longest prices in the field came through and it maximized, it maximized our return on investment. So sometimes I think it's kind of fun, but it's also lazy as a player to use the all button. But that's something that you can decide as we continue moving forward. So what we had been talking about was <laughs> doing uh, that sort of thing. And we're gonna talk about that. And if that's something that we wanna do this weekend, because this weekend's a really, really big weekend. All right, so you've got the Arkansas Derby with two divisions. First division is race 11 at Oaklawn Park. Second division is race 13 at Oaklawn Park. First division, in my opinion, is not competitive. I believe charlatan to the inside controls everything. And while you can have a discussion, and if you were on television right now, and the whole purpose of you being on TV was to, I don't know, fill content for an hour, then you would discuss the entire field in that one. You wouldn't want to disrespect the contenders. For the purpose of this discussion, I want to be as quick and uh, brief as possible. So we're not going to have that discussion. I really don't think it really extends beyond charlatan. And if that horse somehow stumbles out of the gate to the inside, well, then it's completely wide open at that point. And then that's another hour that we're talking about a race. So I'm going to just go ahead and uh, hit that to the inside. It's not a free square, but I feel a lot of confidence in placing the single on that particular horse if I'm playing a pick four or a pick five at Oaklawn Park on Saturday. So then the next division is race 13. Well, that's a whole completely separate conversation because there's a lot happening in that race. We can start to the inside and move all the way out to the outside. Second division is race 13, a mile and an eight, three-year-olds. We talked about there are plenty of points available, but we don't want to concern ourselves with that except for one aspect of the points. Because there are points available, I believe that influences jockeys who are riding horses who are closing. When you are closing at a mile and an eighth, there are horses in front of you that are getting tired. There's nothing that that rider can do with a horse getting tired to extend that without putting that horse in jeopardy. So what you can normally bank on is there are going to be closers who are running from the clouds who will close into that money and close into some of those points that'll keep them alive as they continue moving forward, trying to qualify for the Kentucky Derby. So in a race like this, I believe there's some speed. Wells Bayou to the outside obviously is proven, is very tough, and you know where the horse is going. We have Nadal, who's to the inside, the number five horse, once again, proven, has some quality, you know where that horse wants to be. If those two individuals hook up on the front end, and I'm pretty sure they're going to do that, there's going to be a problem when they turn for home. So the question is, what other horse will be in a good position to pick up those pieces? I really believe the horse that a lot of people are going to focus in on will be just to the inside of Wells Bayou. That's Farmington Road. It was a horse that has been a consistent closer, whether it be on a sloppy main track or fast main track. This horse likes to pick him up and put him down late in the race. And so if you're suspecting, and I think it's a pretty safe bet to think that Wells Bayou and Nadal will hook up, that's going to set up, I don't know if it's going to be enough. So of a speed duel to hook him up and then soften him up. For a closer like Farmington Road, unless of course Tai Shan decides to go out there, which is a horse that does have enough speed to do just that. 
And then you have other horses that you're like, okay, does King Guillermo want to be close enough to that group to not put pressure on them, but to keep them honest? Putting pressure on them means to somewhat engage them and force them to keep going. Keeping them honest, I believe, means being in that second flight where you're moving right behind them. And if they start to slow down at any point, they'll feel that pressure from your horse. And I think that affects speed horses early on in a race. So does that horse want to go? Does Storm the Court want to sit close enough? This is a horse who still has, I think, a lot to prove. You obviously have the Breeders' Cup juvenile champion uh, performance on Breeders' Cup Day. Very impressive at a massive price. Great story. You still have to come back and build upon that. And so we're still waiting to see what that horse can do. And this is going to be a great opportunity for Storm the Court to show that he is more than just a one-hit wonder. So I expect that horse to be not necessarily in that first flight, but also in the second flight, keeping them honest. All that does is continue to push everything. Saratogi into the inside, if the horse remains in the field, I think will engage early on. I think you just need that to set it up for a closer, and Farmington Road is the proven closer to make a move. Finnick the Fierce to the inside has been running behind this class of horses as well, and is probably due to step up and then make a move. I'm not quite convinced that that horse is moving forward enough, so I'm going to go ahead and eliminate that horse and uh, not utilize that contender. Uh, also in that particular race, I am not going to be selecting Silver Prospector. I think that there are some distance limitations there. So I'm going to leave that one out. So that means that if you're looking at those races, we don't really have a horse that we feel really great about as far as a long shot is concerned in either division of the Arkansas Derby. Farmington Road is great. I, I have a funny feeling a horse is going to get bet down. So let's go to the race that takes place in between. Let's go with the Oaklawn Handicap. And in that race, all the way to the outside, the number 13 Night Ops at 15 to 1 morning line. That's going to be our very first submission into Long Shots Lounge here on Believe in Horse Racing. That is race number 12 at Oaklawn Park on Saturday. The number 13 horse is at 15 to 1. Night Ops will be closing. It's very versatile. Can run on the off track or the fast main track. And I do believe that Javier Castellano, who is coming back to action, has been away for just a tiny bit, but he's definitely big money rider and i'm so surprised that this horse will be anywhere near 15 to 1 might be though but i doubt it still that's worth taking a chance on that's our first submission for long shots lounge we'll do this every single week here on believe in horse racing remember it's on the believe podcast network the number one podcast network for professionals and we are coming to you from los angeles california we'll see you next week on believe in horse racing bye thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.